I'll just, I guess we'll start off with that. We'll just pray. We'll go into the message. And then afterwards we can stop. Maybe, uh, maybe we can just start here. Or I can, you know, someone wants to start off. Maybe Gabriel, you can start off. We can go this way and uh, pray for Pastor. You know, and keep them in your prayer if you don't want to pray. And I know public praying sometimes seems awkward, especially when there's a little small amount of people, but anybody can pray if they want to. And, uh, you know, lift him up in your prayers as you're working and you're thinking about him too, because, uh, he is our pastor. He's done a lot for us. He's always been faithful here. He's been faithful to God, faithful to this church, and, uh, just been faithful. Amen. And, uh, you know, I've been saved almost 20 years now. And, uh, you, you hear stories when you first get saved about people just kind of going off in the wayside as preachers. And you're like, no, that didn't really happen. <clears throat> and then you get saved for about 20 years. You go, wow. Yeah, it really does. And the devil, the devil's got a way of getting in people's lives and he's got a way he's subtle. And you got to be careful when you're listening to this Bible, you listen to this word and you're ta- taking it to heart that you're what you're listening to. And uh, I've seen it now and uh, I'm thankful for our pastor. He's teach, he teaches right, and he's uh, he's just been faithful. So if you would just lift him up in your prayer, and you know I'd love to see him here again Sunday Sunday and healthy, you know. So he's got a long way to go still, but I know the Lord will take him there. So, I mean, if you would open up Bibles to uh, Genesis chapter number thirty-seven. Speaking of a long road, I, Monday I read all of Joseph. Joseph had a long road in his life. Joseph was uh, was not liked <laughs> by anybody except his dad, <laughs> pretty much. And uh, just reading through there, I mean, we was teaching the teens down there last uh, last Sunday, and I remember Ryan says, "I finished my lesson," and he goes. That was like a big, fat, juicy drama. <laughs> it wasn't even on. And I, I finished reading Joseph there Monday, and I go, that was like a big, fat, juicy drama. <laughs> it was just a lot happens to, to old Joseph. So it's been a while since I read it, and I just want to share a few things with you. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for this book. Lord, I thank you for encouraging us, Lord, even when... uh when no one else ever would, Lord. I thank you for just saving my soul, Lord, giving me a place, Lord, in heaven. Lord, giving me a purpose in life, Lord, and just giving me encouragement, Lord, in this uh, dark world, Lord. And Thank you for the scripture, Lord, and the light that it is, Lord. And I just love right now, Lord, pray for our pastor, Lord, that you heal him up, heal that fever, Lord, that he come back here Sunday. And thank you for everybody here, Lord. And just, uh, Lord, I pray that your word just touch our hearts, Lord, encourage us as we go forth and just... Just plant good seeds in our hearts, Lord, that they may sprout forth, Lord. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter number 37. It says, And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. And these are the generations of Jacob, Joseph being 17 years old. I mean, he's just a young kid. Just a youngster. And the stuff he's going to go through his life as being 17 years old is, <laughs> it's enough that the Lord wanted to pencil it down so it's there for us to read about it. 
Because if not, you'd be like, that didn't really didn't happen. Oh, yes, it did. This book ain't just a, it's a history book. It's a book on truth. It's a book. This book happened. Okay. They don't teach this in the public schools, but they ought to because this happened. When nothing's going to go right in your life and everything's up against you, there's a God that'll help you out. Amen. You read these scriptures and I mean, it's, it's time and time and time over and over and over again. God is great. God is good. God has helped me out. And God's going to fix, I mean, we'll just, we'll just go through this. These are the generation of Jacob. Joseph being 17 years old was feeding the flock with his brethren and the, and the lad was with the sons of Billah and with his son Zilpha, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. So evidently these, these kids were up to no good and they weren't up to no good, but Joseph was, uh, he's a pretty good kid. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. You know, he was just a, just a daddy's boy. You know, some people's mama's boy, some people daddy's boy, and some people just parents' kids. They love them. And you see in the bigger families, they say, oh, I love this kid more than the other kid. I mean, I try not to do that with my kids, and I don't, that I know of, you know. And One of my kids likes to hunt more than the other kid, and the other kid, you know, it's just, they're both my kids. They're both my sons. I treat them equal. They both get scolded equal. They both get loved equal. But amongst this one, I guess, Joseph might have just been a little better. Joseph might have just thought a little more godlier things as I picked that up. 17 years old, he's going to feast fixing to get thrown off into slavery. I don't want to get ahead of the message, but the title of the message, Joseph's Encouragement. As we get through some of these points, you're going to realize, like, where does the encouragement start? <laughs> Which is a lot of times in our life. You're like, man, I've just been going through some things, going through some things, and going through some things, and going through some things, and going through some things. I count 10 that Joseph went through before he finally mentioned in the Lord. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's a lot. When just one thing is a pile of things. And we all have those. I remember one, one lesson my dad, I didn't get to grow up in a Christian home, but one thing my dad told me, he goes, boy, no matter how bad you think you got it, there's somebody out there who's always got it worse than you. And I remembered that. And I'm thinking, man, I got it bad. Then you drive down the road and I go, well, I don't have as bad as that guy. He don't even have a car or an umbrella. You know? It's true. Think old Joseph. It said, when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peacefully unto him. You know, his brethren hated him for it. Hate him because somebody else loved him more. And it says, when his brethren sought that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. They just couldn't say good things. Couldn't talk nice about him. Even though what he said was, he never really said anything that was false. As we read through this theory, he just quotes a couple dreams that do come to pass. He just, oh, maybe, you know what, uh, you guys shouldn't be doing that. Man, why don't you shush? Except that's probably not what they said. Why don't you get out of here, little dreamer boy? 
not speaking nice enough to them, hating them. Just mean brothers, mean brethren. Then 5, 6, and 7, Joseph tells him a dream. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. <laughs> and he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaf stood around about and made obeisance to my sheaf. You know, imagine that had to just... It says, and his brethren said, Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. I mean, I said the title of the message is Joseph's Encouragement. I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere, okay? <laughs> but they just hated him. And him telling him this, you know what? Something's going to change here later in life. And he's got this dream that he had. That just made a little bit of salt in their wound. You know, we don't even like you anymore. And they hated him even more for just his words, for what he said, for what he stood for. And people will be like that towards you. They're going to hate what you stand for. And they'll watch you too to see how you handle it. Which is a further point in the message. How are you going to handle it? Verse number 9, And he dreamed yet another dream and told it his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more and the eleven stars made obeisance to me and and he told his father and to his brethren, and his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? And his brethren and his brethren envied him. But his father observed the saying. And it says his brethren envied him. You know the definition that's feeling of discontent or resentful. The longing aroused by someone and possessions or qualities of someone's possessions or qualities. They just envied him. I mean, who can stand before envy? So, so far, they hate him. Now they envy him. They don't like him. They hate everything that comes out of his mouth. But he's going to get encouragement somehow. I'm I'm going somewhere with it. In verse number 13, it says, And Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said to, and he said to him, Here am I. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee, and see whether it be well with thy brethren and well with the flocks, and bring me word again. So he sent, sent him out of the vale of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. And a certain man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What seekest thou? And he said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks. And the man said, They are departed hence, for I heard them saying, Let us go to Dotham. And Joseph went after after his brethren and found them in Dothan. So, now we can find a little characteristic about Joseph. Joseph was obedient. He did what his father told him to do. And yet people hated him for it. You know, sometimes the Lord would just tell you to do something. 
Sometimes they're even around brethren and even around lost people. And you know what? They're going to hate you for it. You ever been there yet? You will. You'll get there. Especially if you have any type of testimony or on a job site. Oh, you're a Christian, huh? Or you say, oh, I'm not going to do that. Or I'm not going to go to the the work party because they're going to have it at a bar. Been there. Oh, you're not going to go? No, I'm not going to go there. You guys are going to get drunk. and You know, I don't want to be around that. Oh, I see how you are. They're just going to dislike you. Maybe dislike you for what you stand for because you believe the Bible is truth. You don't believe evolution. You believe Jesus is the answer, not Trump. (laughs) Amen. I think I chose the right one in this church. He's the one that will help you. But people hate you for it. But he's just obeying his father. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near in verse number 18, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. You know, I said that before. Sometimes you don't get to choose your own nicknames. They get to choose his own, they choose his nickname for him. I mean, Silas got this one the other day, so. Old Jonah's was sleeper. And Joseph's was dreamer. And he didn't get to choose it. (laughs) They're going to slay him. Come now for, and let us slay him and cast him into some pit. And we will say, some evil beast hath devoured him. And we shall say, what shall become of his dreams? And Reuben heard it. And he delivered him out of their hands and said, let us not kill it. Let us not kill him. And Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness, and lay no hand upon him that he might rid him out of their hands and to deliver them to his father again. Like what they say there in, in verse number 20, says, Come now therefore and let us lay, slay him and cast him into this pit, and we will say, Come, Some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what shall become of his dreams. And you know what becomes of his dreams? Truth. And you look over there, we'll just do it for, let's do it. We got a little, little time for it. General Genesis chapter number 42 8. This is after he's become, now he's became king pretty much. He's, he's the boss, except for Pharaoh in the throne. And his brethren got to come buy corn. And he says, your sheaves are going to bow to my sheaves. And here they come over here and it says, I'm in the wrong passage. 42.8 And Joseph saw his brethren, he knew them, but he made himself strange unto them. Verse number 7, and spake roughly unto them. And he said to them, whence come ye? And they said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph knew his brethren, but they knew him not. And Joseph remembered the dreams which he dreamed of them. Then he starts playing with them a little bit. We won't get into that. But it's kind of funny. I think I might just, anyhow. It's it's worth reading. Verse number 43, or chapter number 43 and verse 26. What was the other one? He 
He says, you know what? He says, you guys are going to bow down to me. He says, what, we going to bow down to you? He says, no, that ain't going to happen. Verse 43, verse 26, and when Joseph came home, they brought him the present. They brought him a present. All his brethren did because they came to buy more and there's extra money in their bag. They didn't want to get, you know, blamed for it. So they go into Joseph's house and they bring him the present. And when Joseph came home, they brought him the present, which was in their hand into the house and bowed themselves down to the earth. Well, looks like little dreamer boy's dreams came true. And they just hated him for it. That's because he was just a good kid. Hated him for it because his dad loved him more. Verse number 21, they throw him in a pit. Verse 23, and it came to pass when Joseph was came unto his brethren that they stripped Joseph out of his coat and his coat, many colors, that was on him. And they took him and cast him into a pit and the pit was empty and there was no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread and they lifted up their eyes and looked and behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels, bearing spicery and balm and myrrh going to carry down into Egypt. So here he is, he's, he gets beaten, gets his nicest little coat taken from him, gets his best raiment that he had, that was loved of him, his father loved it. It was made specially for him, kind of like the one Samuel had. And they beat him up, throw him down in this pit. <laughs> then they sit down to eat and talk about it. I mean, what? That's crazy. And they say, you know what? Let's uh, instead of just killing him. No, why don't we just sell him off? And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? No, why don't we just kill him? Let's let's make some money off him. I know it's Joseph's encouragement. I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and let our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh, and his brethren were content. Verse number 28, Then then there passed by the Midianites, the merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And they brought Joseph into Egypt. And the rest of the verses, when they go tell their dad, and his dad weeps, sorry, because they all think he's dead. And the things I counted, he was 17 years old. Just a young kid. A young kid that knew the Lord. Because evidently his parents probably taught him some things as he was growing up because it had to have been that way. I don't see no other explanation for it. None. His dad taught him up about the Lord. Brought him up that way. Some people are going to go that way after the Lord and some people aren't. Some people, if you're going to go follow after the Lord, they're probably going to hate you for it. But if you don't, they might, the world might like you and the world just might, you know, conspire against you. And they might band up together and do it. Maybe he was a daddy's boy. The brethren hated him. Only his father liked him. They never talked nice to him. 
They called him names. They hated when he spoke. They envied him, even though he just obeyed. They conspired to kill him. They took his coat. They threw him in a pit. And they sold him into slavery. Those were the ten I came up with. There's probably a couple more in there. If you search, there usually is. But and in verse number 39, or chapter number 39, and verse number 1, it says that Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of the Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And here it is, verse number 2. And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. You could sometimes just title, you could even title this one, The Lord's All You Got. You've been there before? Sometimes. I remember one of my great stories I heard from Pastor Doug Fisher. I don't know if he, he said that when he was up at the pulpit or he told this down at a men's breakfast thing. And uh, he was going through all these problems in his life. He's battling all this depression. This is Doug Fisher. He pastors a church down in California. I think he used to. Of thousands of people. Thousands. He's got a Mexican ministry that runs thousands. American ministry runs thousands, and he's just huge church. This is Doug Fisher. I mean, he's, anyhow, and he's going through and he's talking about how he's battling depression. He's going through all this, but yet he's going through and he's, he's telling all these people that he's giving counsel to and, and counseling these people when he's going through all this. And they said, uh, they'd say, thank you, preacher. I, you really helped me. And then uh, he goes, yeah. And he's always thinking, man, how did I help them? He goes, man, I got problems. My problems are way worse than your problems. And he said, one day his, his wife just said, what? He goes, he's just so depressed and he's getting in his room and he's kind of locking himself up in this place and he's just kind of being depressed and being shattered away from everybody. And his wife just finally says one day, she goes, do you ever think that you're the problem? <laughs> and, and he goes, What? <laughs> And she goes, oh, nothing. And he goes, no, 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 no. And this way he said, he goes, say that again. Say that again. And she goes, did you ever just think you're the problem? And he goes, no. No, I didn't. <laughs> and he goes, then I started praying, Lord, protect me from me. And I look at Joseph And I go, how in the world did he get through all that? (laughs) Because the Lord was with him. Even when there wasn't any friend. You can find a lot of places in Scripture. I mean, Potiphar was a good guy to him only because he was doing good. But you read later on in that thing, and he, the wife turns out to be a harlot. Amen. Corners him when he says he was doing his business and tries to... Anyhow, that's what it says. You can read it later. 
But all he had was the Lord. It's all he had. But it was enough. And that's what he needed. Sometimes that's what you need. And that is all we need to love the Lord. Because that's where you, you get that trust. You, well, man, if, if, if you're relying on somebody else to keep you happy your whole life, you're fixing for hurt. You are. You gotta learn that. Joseph learned, he had to learn it at a young age. 17. When I was out on my own when I was 17, never been back since to home. But I didn't have to learn it like that. I mean, I mean, I had it a little rough, but I didn't have it rough. I mean, rough. He goes into prison after this. Just the Lord. You know what? People see it. People see how you handle it. And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was prosperous, man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. I mean, I don't, I'll be honest. I don't know how I'd, I'd be at that point. I mean, you get nobody likes you, everybody hates. I mean, this, you could write a country song about this. You know, you could. But he's going to go out and he's going to have a good attitude about it. And even though things ain't going right, he's just going to praise the Lord and, and do what he's told by his master Egyptian. And that guy says, you know, something different about this guy. And because this guy's doing good, I seem to be getting a blessing from it. I think I'm going to keep this guy around. And they listened to him. He had a good testimony with them. That's all I can get out of this. That's the only reason I can think that because he was accused and his wife, his wife grabbed away Joseph's garment and said he tried to, you know, whatever, I don't know how to say it, but however the Bible says it, tried to, they tried to fornicate, tried to fornicate with me. There we go. You know, he should have been put to death, but he wasn't. So that tells you right there, they already knew his wife was a harlot. She was good for nothing. But Joseph, he had a good word. That guy's different. Reminds me, I know that's Joseph. You say, what about a woman that's like that in Scripture? We'll turn over there to 2 Kings chapter 5. We'll wrap it up right here. Second Kings chapter five. This is awful often times been my go to. Second Kings chapter five. And this is the story of Naaman. Jesus mentions Naaman. This guy was healed when this leper was healed when no other lepers were healed in Jerusalem. This story doesn't exist without this person I'm about to mention. It doesn't exist. It doesn't happen. 
because of this person right here. It says, now Naaman, verse number one, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a, a mighty man. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. And then it says this, and the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. You know what she sounds? She sounds like a female Joseph. Sold into Egypt. Now you're a slave. You know what? These people captured you. Now you're just the same. You're in the same deal. You can come working for us now, kiddo. She's a little maid. Obviously, she was a somebody, though. And she knew the Lord. She got raised up right. She knew the Lord and didn't have nobody else. I mean, you're cleaning the leper's house. Not sure. I mean... I don't know. Use your own imagination with that one. And she said unto her mistress, verse number three, would to God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover a hymn of his leprosy. That's the maid said that. The maid. Not Naaman. Not the captain. Not the best servant that they had. But the little maid, the little maid, the little maid, doesn't even mention her name. She's just a little maid. I like going through, I'm going to put a sermon together, one of these things, and you'll see it as I praise you, you see it as you read through your Bible. God uses little things. And he used a little maid, he used a lad with some little fishes and a young lad. I mean, there's a little cloud. He'll use a little faith and make it big. But he used this little maid. That was just a cleaning lady. She just cleaned houses. That's all she did. She cleaned the house. She waited on Naaman's and just cleaned it. Naaman's wife, is that what it says? And she waited on Naaman's wife. Excuse me. And this says this in verse number four. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. So her word, her word was strong enough to go all the way unto the king of Syria. And the king of Syria said, Is that what that little girl said? Is that what that little maid said? I'm going to trust and believe what she said. What kind of testimony is that? That's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one. Because if you read what he, what he sends with. And I apologize, I didn't write it down. Because I'm in the wrong part. Go to go and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten changes of raiment. I don't know what that's worth, but people will just be lining up to buy that for lottery tickets like they were when I was getting my Gatorade. It's probably worth a whole lot right now. But the king, my point is though, is they believed it. They believed her. You know why? 
because she believed the Lord. Same as Joseph. She's just trusting in the Lord. She said, oh, I know this prophet over there could heal him. I know the power that's going to work through that guy's going to heal him. And she knew it. And Joseph knew it. Man, this ain't the end for me. I got God. When God's all you got, God will help you. The shelter in a time of storm, amen? It's fixing to get nasty out there. My favorite Bible verse, I think I memorized it. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean none unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. I think of David too. I just just meditating this on the way over. David says he encouraged himself in the Lord. You know when he encouraged himself? After he emptied himself. I didn't have time to write that down, but... Everything got taken from David back there when they sacked Ziglag, took his wife, and that's when he was paving all those roads and going out and doing a whole bunch of stuff that he probably shouldn't have been doing. That's where he turned out to be a bloody man. It says he went back and they all conspired to kill David. No, he was still the king. It says the Bible says he emptied himself and he encouraged himself in the Lord. That's what I find Joseph doing. That's what you find David doing. That's what you find that little maid doing. That's what I do. He's the only one I can trust in. You know what I mean? Time and time again, He's proved me over and over. How are you going to get me through this? Just watch. <laughs> like we said or most. Just watch and see if my word will come to pass. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, anyhow. You can't get bitter. Amen. That's what a lot of people do. They get bitter when that stuff happens. They get angry. And I'm not saying Joseph didn't get discouraged. Because <laughs> you get dis- you're going to get discouraged in life. Moses got discouraged. Everybody got discouraged. Joshua got discouraged. Be strong and have a good courage. You know what I mean? Be not discouraged. You know, be now thou dismayed. But you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. That'll strengthen your faith. That'll strengthen your heart. That'll strengthen your walk. Strengthen your life. Strengthen your spirit. Am I making sense? When Christ is strengthened you. I said it was just some few thoughts I had from Joseph. I didn't want to run it through all the way through there, but I pray, I pray it was a blessing to you. Because I know it gets hard out there. It's hard out there. Life's hard. Especially when you're younger. A couple young kids in here, younger kids, about 17, 18, 20, you know what I mean? Anybody's going to tell you it's going to get easier? It get easier with the Lord. 
<laughs> Can I get a witness? Yeah, there's a witness right here. It get easier with the Lord because you got Him at your back. You got Him in front of you to follow. You got Him to lift you up. You got Him to help you out. You put your strength in Him and you'll be happy. You'll be joyful. You'll be encouraged. Amen. Amen. Let's let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for this book. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we just uh, go forth here encouraged, Lord. And uh, Lord, like Joseph, Lord, like the little maid, Lord, like David. And Lord, uh, just uh, in this dark world, Lord, we just even look for somebody else, Lord, to tell them, Lord, of a, a great God, Lord, and how you've changed our lives, Lord. I just thank you for saving my soul, Lord. Thank you for giving me, sending me to this church, Lord. And just uh, thank you for the preachers, Lord, and just the teachers and Lord, thank you for everyone here. Lord, I pray if there's anybody here today, Lord, that just, uh, Lord, needs you and needs encouraged, Lord, that they just, they'd have asked for it, Lord, and you'd give it to them. And Lord, we thank you for being faithful. Thank you for forgiving us our sins. And thank you, Lord, just for being God, being great. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.